Hey everybody, this is the Freedom From Series Podcast. I'm your host, Armando Fierro, along with Dana Doan. Here we're about to start another episode, so sit back, relax, and hang on. Welcome everybody to Freedom From Series Podcast. We just had the pre-roll and we were talking about it uh, before, me and Dana, about how the opening will start and blah, 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 and and I was like, okay, so what did I used to say after that? So I actually had to listen to, <laughs> had to listen to the opening of the last podcast to see what it was. But uh, it's been uh, about four months. The last episode was like in December, and now we're April seventeenth, and the world has gone wacko. Four months, five months. We've had a few changes. For sure. Yeah, we've had some huge things like you and your family experiencing what they did. That was, oh, kind of. That was not fun, but uh, I got to uh, do the process of going through it. It definitely made me a better person in reaction to it. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that once you learn the process and you're able to apply it in the moment, how it does make a difference. And sometimes you don't notice that there's a difference. And it's other people that notice that there's, there's a different way that you're reacting. And then sometimes you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I normally would have done this. And uh, just like me and Dana were talking before we started the podcast today, we were talking for about an hour or so, that it's perception that's the most important thing that changes when you do processing with acknowledging the shadow. And I take a lot of the information, how I'm, I build on the process from Dr. David Hawkins, and I was listening to one of his audio tapes on the uh, map of consciousness, description of the map of consciousness, and he, there's a phrase that he used that hit me really hard, that perception is a projection of opinion, and opinion is often distorted. Opinion comes from the ego. The ego says, this is my experience, this is my um, idea of what truth is what reality is and often that's distorted it comes from your history it comes from the people who are around you it comes from how your ego sees it in in relationship to yourself and so that what you perceive in reality you know this person doing bad this situation being bad is actually just a projection of your opinion And it's been one of my contentions with acknowledging the shadow that everything that's happening is actually a projection. That everything that you're seeing is a projection. And Dr. Hawkins, uh, in that statement, that one statement basically verified what I was thinking was um, experientially true. And so, um, so whatever you perceive the way you perceive it, it's actually a projection of your uh, opinion, and that comes from the ego. So when I work with, with clients on, on the process itself, the first thing I do is to take care of my own um, projection, my own perception. So when, I, when I'm talking to somebody and they're saying, well, you know, so-and-so is such a jerk and they'll never be good and blah, 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 the first thing I do is, is take my own history and experience out of it because I see it right away. And I was like, Oh, I know you're just being a nag. You're just, yeah. So <laughs> as soon as I see that, I, I, I say, wait a minute, I'm projecting onto this. So I 
start doing the process in myself so that I, I'm as balanced and neutral as I can be so that I can actually perceive what they're, what they're saying. And so once a person tells me, oh, this situation is really bad that I'm going through, I don't think, oh, you're just a wimp. You should be in war, blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait a minute. I need to take that down. And then I listen to them easily. And then I can see, oh, they're seeing it this specific way. And then I go, what would they have had to experience to see it that specific way in order for their ego to say, this is the way things are. And that makes it a lot better for me to be able to say, ah, I think this could be it. Um, try this statement. Try, I acknowledge that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's what makes a huge difference is that if you're able to, to first come from a neutral place, that way you can see what's going on. And then you say, what would somebody have to have had experienced as a child to see the situation a specific way to get that perception because of an opinion that is built through their ego. And then you're able to, to acknowledge that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, one thing that was interesting that just popped in my head was your experience with the wedding when you went to New Orleans and how that was big, a big difference for you. Can you, can you tell me more about how that felt for you? When you before or, or during or after? I mean, well, well, um, yeah, exactly. All of that. So before you normally would have been this way, but during you were this way. And then after you're like, wow, this way. So that it actually shows how you used to be, how it felt to be in the moment and how it is to look at it afterwards. That was a very, uh, it was a strange experience. Um, even now when I think back about it, it's, um, I was, my cousin was getting married in New Orleans. I uh, have not seen a lot of my family in, in many years. And so I had this perception, this uh, idea that I didn't need to go because everybody thought that I was a horrible black sheep of the family. And I was just rude and didn't care about anybody but myself. And so I worked myself up into this thought process of believing that. And then I had to, to go through and um, think why why, why would somebody believe that? And then it was, uh, going through the process of me saying that it was my thought. And so I, I, uh, did a lot of thinking about it, social distancing. I did all my, my sitting in the chairs and, um, draught process, writing things down. And I just decided to, to go and be a part of the family. But I still had reservations, even though I was in a better place for it. I, I still had reservations about it a little bit. And I, we, my husband and I went to the wedding. We stayed uh, away from everyone else. And during that process, I, I listened to people. My family members were crying when I'd show up. Um, they were excited that I was there, that really it was not a problem that they had. It was a problem that I had. And once I could, could see that, I had a different view of it um, in my head. And uh, I would find myself uh, wishing that we weren't so far apart uh, where we were staying and where everybody else was staying. And so I walked in New Orleans downtown by myself and in the dark. Um, that was an experience. But I did that um, because I, I wanted to be a part of that again. And it was my... My ego that was saying, you're, you're horrible. 
and in truth, it wasn't. Uh, it, it was my fault. That um, it was my holding on to that that made this me be away from my family. And so after the wedding, we had a great time at the wedding. We spent a day after still, you know, talking after the wedding and 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 uh, meeting up on Bourbon Street again. And then when I I got home, it was a whole different attitude. I I have problems with um, these family members that I thought. And then I found out we all got on Facebook friends and we're all talking to each other and checking in on each other. And um, one of those was uh, my stepmother. Uh, that was a big, big part of it. And she and I, we, we don't talk every day. We don't talk every week, but she'll send me a text or she'll follow my, uh, my business page and she comments on it. And the other day she said, I would really like to be where you are. And I said, well, okay, come on. And she said, no, I'm very serious. I said, okay. As soon as they let the people coming into our state, come on, you got to sleep on a fold out couch, but okay. And so, um, you know, after I got home and, and having that experience, then it was, it, it's a relief. And it's something that I was very, very afraid to do because internally I was telling myself, no, don't do it. You're just going to get hurt. And it ended up being that I, I wasn't hurt. I ended up, you know, falling in love with my family again. And, and that's um, with this condition that we have now going on in the world, you know, now I'm able to, to check on people and they check on me. And if I hadn't done that work, then right now I would have felt, you know, like instead of just friends, I would have not been able to include my family in my fears that are going on now with, with this COVID-19 and, and share this experience with them. So it, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but when you, are able to do it and you accept that you know you're a big part of it and it's not going to work unless you do it then things will get better <laughs> it's such a perfect way of, of putting it too uh it's funny because i've been married three times and my mentor in grad school <clears throat> he had been married uh, twice i was married twice at this time too when i was in grad school and we were doing research on marriage and family therapy. <laughs> so we've both been married and divorced twice and we're doing research on, mar uh, on marriage. You and, gotta, but yeah. you have to have the experience before you can do all yeah, that. We're, uh, we're experts, yeah. yeah. We, we can tell you exactly what to do to get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but when you, when you start thinking about you know, those, those relationships, well, you know, this one thing and this one thing and this one thing and this one person, and then you're like, okay, so what's the one tying factor in all of that? I don't know. What could it be that I choose bad people? Mm, a little bit more deeper than that. That I, there you go. I, <laughs> I am the one factor in all these, you know, damaged relationships that didn't work. That was always there. It's me. And so once you get that, once that it's itself, that it's you, then, then you're able to, to look at it. Oh, hi, baby. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to make sure that she uh, had a shirt on. <laughs> so She'd appreciate that. But. Yeah, I'll just turn it as she exits. Go ahead, baby. 
There we go. And then go like that. There we go. <laughs> Normally, the professor doesn't like to be on tank top, you know, on video mm -hmm. in a tank top. <laughs> but, Homeschooling, that's the way it is now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so anyways, so um, the one factor that was there was always me. But on top of that, the one factor was that it was always my perception. And so there were differences that, how about this relationship that did work? And still years later that I haven't seen them and it's still there and still works. It's fine. We have fights, we have arguments, but it's still there. So what's the one factor there? It's me. So again, the things that do work, it's me. The things that don't work, it's me. So what's the difference? And the difference is my opinion of what it is about those specific things and that, that opinion taints the perception and the perception comes from the, the ego's idea of what it is in those situations. And so with acknowledging the shadow, um, when you delve deeply into it, that you're able to see what's at the core state, what's the thing that's, that's happening. I just noticed that I, was looking, I wasn't looking at the camera. <laughs> so on video, I'm like, and <laughs> what are you looking at? Uh, I'm looking at myself. Okay, at myself. I was like, there's the camera. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, the 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 one thing that was always there is uh, uh, the per perception is a projection of opinion that comes from your ego. So with acknowledging the shadow, you get to the core of that, the core of what your opinion of the ego is, and that changes your perception of reality. And so when you look at the core stuff and then you acknowledge it, you free it up, it changes perception completely. And so that you're able to look at something and go experience something and it doesn't have this big giant effect on you that it normally would because the ego is involved. So I was, was admin for two celebrity accounts that had close to a million um, subscribers, a million followers each. And as a marketer, that's something big for me to say, well, yeah, I admin this big giant group and I admin this giant group and I'm the marketer for this group and I do this for this other person and blah, 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 blah. And so it's a big part of your ego. So when you lose that, you lose a big part of what is part of your ego as a marketer. But because I, I was using and acknowledging the shadow, it's just like nothing. Yeah, I'm no longer there. What? Oh my God. And I still get messages every day. Hey, where are you at? We miss you. How are you doing? And blah, blah, blah. And then, but because I worked on the, on, on the acknowledging the shadow beneath it, because it did hit me at first. It's like, Oh, wow, but I don't, but then no, it's fine. And so the same thing happens with what's going on right now. Because you're looking at, this, at the current situation, I can't go do this, and my parents could die here, my kids could die, and don't people listen, and you all, oh, we can't do this, and oh my God, you know, like you, you missed your birthday. <clears throat> Am I clicking? Sound like it's clicking. Nope, you're good. You're good. Okay, so <clears throat> all of these things that are happening, and that you can't normally do things that you normally would do, and it can drive you crazy. And so that's why the, the way I developed the course was that sometimes when you're looking for how to acknowledge the shadow, what phrases that you'll use that will actually go in there and change the perception, because sometimes just straight up saying, I acknowledge this, that doesn't mean it. It doesn't do anything. 
but it's looking at the perception she was has to happen and then once you see the core of it and acknowledge the core then you go whoa but sometimes it takes a little work and so that's why i put into the courses the uh spiritual first aid and the spiritual first aid stuff there's one that i use almost every day which is the feldman christ because the feldman christ what it does is it puts my state my body into a neutral state it's a relaxed state. So there's a proprioceptive thing that's going on where my body is signaling to my brain that I'm relaxed. So my brain gets relaxed. So I'm literally in this uh, coronavirus thing with PTSD and massive paranoia. I'm a coughing, I'm warm, I'm gonna die. I know I'm a microbiologist and the the delivery driver must have coughed on my apples and I didn't wash them, <laughs> you know? It's hard not to think of those things. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very, very difficult to, to let, to not let your mind take over. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so it gets in there and it triggers all my stuff. And next thing you know, I feel like I'm dying. And I tell my wife, okay, tell the doctors to treat me this way to do this. You know, that's the best and blah, blah, blah. And we're getting ready and, you know, and, and then, so I was like, okay, where, what am I projecting? I don't know what the hell I'm projecting. I don't. <laughs> so what do I do? Feldenkrais. And then my body relaxes and I go quiet. And then I'm like, okay, what am I going to eat for lunch today? And it, I, I literally don't even work on the projection. Sometimes I don't do it because I don't need to anymore. Because I yeah. relax myself and it, frankly, the thought isn't there anymore. Why do I think I'm going to die? Because well, I'm going to die. <laughs> It's inevitable. Yes. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to die. It's going to happen, period. I've, and the way I see it is I've died thousands of times before. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, because so, I believe in reincarnation, so yeah, you know, <laughs> dying is nothing. It's just it's remembering that it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. No big deal. And I've seen something very lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I say that because my my wife just uh, is being funny off camera. <laughs> so, oh boy, yeah. And see, that's what was what's what's funny. What goes into that is projections too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so yes. the idea in in this time during this stuff, what can you do? What can you do as somebody who's listening to this podcast and you're freaking out or your kids are freaking out? What is it that you can do? Number one, we got several different podcasts as well. We got three more, four more before this one that you can listen to. We've given different advice on different things that you can do. And any of those things can work for different scenarios. <clears throat> Sometimes it's performance anxiety. Excuse me. <coughs> I got Corona. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't have any line. I so. don't, yeah, I don't have another line. <laughs> <clears throat> so there's several different methods that we've given. Uh, one of the, the one that I use almost daily is the Feldenkrais method. And basically you just balance, you're balancing this big old bucket of brains on top of your spine. So I'm on video, but I'm going to try to describe it for the audio part. <clears throat> so you're trying to balance the way we, that we hold our heads is normally not balanced on your spine. Normally you're leaning forward and crouched down and because that's just the way we work. 
Absolutely. If you're sitting right, right now, you're sitting for those that can't see you, you're yeah. sitting in a chair. Yeah. If you're sitting and even if you're standing up, you're standing up and walking. Sometimes you just look down. It's just, that's just the way humans are. And is it lazy? Yes. Sometimes it's, it's avoidant. Sometimes it's, if I stand up and look straight up, then people are going to see that I'm looking at them. So they're going to try to engage me. So I don't want to do that. So I just look <laughs> down and walk. <laughs> but typically your stance and your, the way you hold yourself is not balanced uh, right over your spine. Typically it's not. Probably 90% of, of everybody does not have good posture. And the other 10%, it's because there's professional dancers and gymnasts and <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> but for those regular people, this one thing that I teach as a, as a spiritual first aid, it's called the Feldenkrais method, is to balance your your head over your spine and the way you do it uh, is to back and forth rocking nodding your head back and forth until you find the center you'll find what it feels like the center uh, uh, nodding your head up and down and then you'll find the center once you find the center the center when you nod your head up and down then you nod your head left and right and find the center there and so you're looking for the center, both front and back and left and right. And when you find it and put, leave your head there, you'll know you have it because your shoulders will drop and you'll feel relaxed. You literally will physically feel a reaction right then and there. And the, the people who teach Feldenkrais um, say literally that you don't need psychotherapy, you don't need drugs, you don't need anything, you just need Feldenkrais. And I was like, your guys are insane until I've been experiencing it more and more. And I'm like, they might be right. Because literally, I start freaking out. I do Feldenkrais. I'm not freaking out anymore. And then I just go on. I don't even have to go back and deal with it anymore. So, so one of the things in, the, in this time and age, if you start freaking out, you start getting paranoid, something happens, your kids get on your nerves, your spouse gets on your nerves, do Feldenkrais. Balance yourself, you'll, you'll feel relaxed. And then once you're in that relaxed state, then you can make a decision. Because if you make a decision from a stress straight state, you stop a lot of the possible solutions that are there. I had a, um, a consultation with a guy who's a, a big marketer and he does some huge work. He's got clients that pay him $100,000 a year. And so he lost those clients. And then now he's all of a sudden, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. He's asking me, what do I do, Mondo? What can I do in marketing? Well, how should I do it? You know, how can I get these clients? And I can't get these clients because they don't have the money anymore and blah, 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 blah. And I said, you don't need to ask me anything. What? I was like, you already have the expertise and experience that you need. It's not like I have to teach you marketing 101 at all. You already have the experience on how to gain these clients. Yeah, but blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, stop. You already have all the information you need. You're just freaked out about having lost these big clients. And that's a good reason to freak out because you're losing 100,000 plus. Yeah. <laughs> and then so that's gone. So you're like, how do I, where do I start? What do I do? You already know where to start and what to do. You just have to pivot it for the times. And the reason you can't come up <clears throat> with the solution is because you're freaking out. He's like, I came to you for marketing advice and this is what you're telling me. And I was like, yeah, I'm telling you the best possible thing. 
And so I showed him the course. He got access to the course. He started doing the Feldenkrais. And then all of a sudden, he's fine, completely fine. And that's because what's happening is that in the moment, he was stressed and freaking out. So everything that he was seeing was tinted with that stressed and freaking out. And a stressed and freaked out ego is going to see everything as mean, evil, and against you, period. You call it mean, evil, call it hard, call it impossible, whatever it is. And so by changing your perception of that, by acknowledging, by putting yourself first in a good state, and then you can go in there and do acknowledging deeper, that's going to change it completely for you. So you've already got the solution mostly. That, that is... Um... And what you're saying is so true because I'm sitting here thinking that, um, you know, not only am I part of this project, but I also uh, have a business that uh, is on the beach and it's on, um, it deals with tourists and vacationers. And right now our island is closed. It's been closed for a month. And yes, we have um, restaurants that you can go and pick up uh, your food and stuff, but they are, they're not allowing people in. Well, that's my lifestyle. I, I spend a whole lot of, of time and effort and, and thinking. And the first time that they were talking about closing down our island, I started freaking out because we're getting ready to start and they're ending my year. They're, I'm, my business is over in my head. That's what I was thinking. And I did. I was freaking out. I, I was just so emotional. And then I, I have this great opportunity to talk with a man that he convinced me, said, you have what you need. You live on the beach. This is where you wanted to live. You know what to do. And I was like, no, 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 no. And he said, go do it. So I followed Armando's advice and I walked out on my back deck and I, I do the Feldenkrais a little different. I stand up. So I stood up and I did my little time session on my back deck, breathing in, looking at my Atlantic Ocean and my beautiful beach and thought, okay, how are you going to take care of this? Because you know what you're doing. And the first start was to relax myself. And once I got relaxed to a better level, then my mind started clearing and I thought, well, okay, if, if we're not going to be open for a month, when is the possibility that you could be open? What are you going to do to get ready for this island to be open again? And the first thing that came to my head was marketing. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do this. I don't, I'm not quite sure if I know how to do this part. What do I do? There's so many things I don't know. And so I started researching because what else was I going to do? Sit down and watch Netflix? That wasn't going to help me. So I, I took that opportunity to calm down to relax my brain, relax my body. And for the last week and a half, I have just been blowing my own mind, say that I'm, I'm learning things that I, I wouldn't have, because I'd have been so busy, I wouldn't have had the time to make myself learn it. So in that aspect, this, the situation with my business not being ready, it is now becoming more ready. And I think that's the, the way that, we as the, the people in, in the world that are having issues like this and, and bad thoughts, whether it's, we have to homeschool our kids now. We don't have money coming in right now. 
that way we can start this focus and, and start the funnel to get rid of that fear. And, and I think that if you, you listen to the calmness and your brain and your body, then I think that will start it. That's, that's my opinion and my projection. <laughs> that's, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to put it. And to, in fact, and one an interesting thing is that no matter what's happening in any situation, there is always some aspect of it that's calm. Even if there's fires and tornadoes and everything going on, there's still going to be a little bird on a branch on a tree that just been uprooted that you can look at and listen to and say, Oh, that's nice. And it's when your ego says, no, no, it needs to be this way, blah, 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 blah. And so when you can go in and, and, and calm yourself, you know, I do Feldenkrais, calm. Now when I'm calm, now I look, now I say, this is what I, what I want. This is what I want to do. I need to fix this. Then I could do it because I've come from a calm state first. <clears throat> so anywhere, anytime, anything, there's always something calm so like when i was in war uh it was in, we'd sleep outside in tents <laughs> me and my buddies me surrounded by two hundred fifty thousand other very highly armed <laughs> my best friends <laughs> and so we were all in our little patches you know a thousand here a thousand there a thousand there a thousand there out in the middle of the desert and it's war and there's some bad stuff that's going on and we've got planes coming in and bombing and there's raids and all this other stuff. But in the middle of the night, you look up and it had the deepest density of stars that I've ever seen. So nights in Saudi Arabian desert during there's a storm were just amazing. So deep, so full and it was so peaceful. And I had Marines with me who had guitars and they're singing, they're playing a song, singing, go along and sing with them. And, uh, and that's really great. You know, and we all got, we all got into what, what calmed us. And so some guys, they like to, to do little art. Some guys would refine jokes and I would read <laughs> and prepare. I was a, 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 as a corpsman, you don't do, um, duty like security duties and go out and perimeter and patrol at night you don't do that that's not part of your job but I would do it and the reason I would do it is so, so I could prepare my body to be awake because once the shit hit the fan I was gonna be awake and and so I was prepping myself so my marines loved me because I would take one of their guys out of rotation and let him sleep all night long instead of having him wake up at two o'clock in the morning to do a two hour shift, you know, I would do that two hour shift. And so, and it was because I was preparing myself because I was getting myself mentally ready for it. And so in this day and age, it's better to have had a practice of something that, that relaxes you because then you can fall back on it now. But if you don't have anything to fall back on, you can fall back on things like Feldenkrais, learning of Feldenkrais, learning, acknowledging the shadow, learning how to knit, learning how to sew, you know, learning how to do that new math for you. <laughs> I was like, what? You got to take it apart and multiply the tens and add what the hell? Go to know? the highest number and yeah. subtract the lowest. Yeah. What? <laughs> you know, although looking at some of that made me think, oh yeah, I can do it. 
you know, because I know the other way and I could do it a lot faster now because of this, but learning it, it's like, what? But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, it's, it's important in this in, is to start first from being centered. And if you can't be centered, find something that centers you. And the reason people drink is because drinking just chills you out. You know, drinking doesn't solve the problem, it chills you out. So if you would drink and it gets you chill, and then you go and apply when you're chill, that's great. Because it's, alcohol is not, not the solution. Alcohol slowly, <laughs> alcohol slowly gets there. And it's funny, I haven't drank in, in a while. And it's funny because we were, we'd get our grocery list and we get groceries and we're as much as we can order and we have limits like two of each, you know. So we order, blah, 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 blah. we order a whole big giant thing. And, um, and so I told my wife, let's get some Patron. And she's like, okay, it's 50 bucks. And I was like, well, let's not get the Patron. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, not, it's not worth it, you know, because we don't drink it. And we still got tons of alcohol on our little bar, you know, that we haven't drank for years. And so why would I spend a hundred bucks on something that I'm not going to drink for years? Just, you know, eh. So the idea is <clears throat> know what helps you relax. Know what helps you chill out. Maybe it's Feldenkrais. Maybe it's CBD. Maybe it's marijuana. I don't know. Maybe it's a drink. Uh, maybe it's having sex. Maybe it's going for a run in the backyard. Maybe it's doing exercises. Whatever it is that helps you relax and focus, do that first before you go and try to solve any problem. That helps a lot first. And, um, but with uh, acknowledging the shadow and in the course, we have techniques that'll help you do that. There's temporal tap. Um, there's the thymus thump. There's letting go. And those, there's some advanced techniques that you actually have to get some practice and blah, blah, blah. And so that spiritual first aid stuff is to help you relax first. Once you're relaxed, then you can go deep into the stuff that you need to acknowledge that, that, that makes that shift. And, um, and once you get that shift, you'll know. The biggest shift that I had was on the idea of attraction. There was somebody that I was very attracted to and I couldn't let it go. And I did acknowledging the shadow with it directly. You know, oh, she's so, she's so beautiful. Okay, I'm, I acknowledge I'm so beautiful. Eh. Acknowledge I'm so handsome. Yeah, that doesn't do anything. But when I looked at the core and, and found out what it was, it was me being attractive. Because I thought she's attractive. And so the acknowledging part is I'm being attractive. Once I did that, it released it quickly, instantly. And that's how acknowledging the shadow works, is that this thing that you're holding within you, that first is, is tends to be, the when we think of the shadow, we think of it as something negative, like, I'm not an asshole. I'm not a jerk. <laughs> All that stuff that we project out. But it can also be the positive stuff. I'm not attractive. Look at that beautiful woman. Oh my God, she's so attractive. And you don't realize that it's actually projection as well. And so you're like, wait a minute, I'm being attractive in this because everything that I'm doing is to attract this person. And so sometimes it takes, it takes, you know, a little leap, a little work at you got to do it this way and that way and that way. And then when you hit it, you're like, Oh, that was it. And that's why we, we added those uh, spiritual first aid to get you relaxed and calm because some things are really, some things you want help with right away. 
And so by using those uh, spiritual first aid uh, techniques, it gives you help right away that relaxes you. And then you go in and delve with the heavier stuff. So um, do you see anything else that we should add? It looks like we're like close to 15 minutes now. Well, I, I just, um, when you said the perception, I, in my notes here, perception equal the ego thing, that, that didn't, I never thought about it until you said that today. And then when I was diving into it, you know, that, that could have been a big, big issue with being in quarantine with my husband for five weeks now. And, and so, um, that thought right there just kind of, was like, wow. Okay. So here, here's my ego. If we get into an argument because we're sitting here close to one another and I'm, he's the only one I've been talking to. Is it my ego that's really doing this because he's, I think he's being a jerk or is it his ego that he, that I'm being a jerk? So just putting that into perspective, just, I think that, that was a great, great uh, opening yeah. for that. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Perception is the projection of opinion An opinion comes from your ego and it, with, which is often distorted. The opinion is distorted. So the way you perceive the world is your opinion. It's not how the world actually is. That's your opinion. If you realize that right away, like, whoa. In fact, one of the funny uh, examples that I was giving was uh, when I was talking to Dana at the beginning, when we first started talking today, I was like, oh, look at this beautiful woman, Dana. She's so beautiful. I love Dana. And then somebody comes out and says, who's that grandma? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, I am a grandma. And I was like, what? <laughs> So yeah, yes, the, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your perception of reality comes from your opinion. I think that that's a bad thing. Well, that's your opinion because other people see it as a good thing. Whoa, that's right. It is my opinion. It's my ego that's fighting for that opinion, and so that's where the distortion comes in. Is that the ego distorts it, and then so since it's the ego thinking this, your perception is that that thing is truth. That that person who's doing that thing is definitely a butthole, definitely. And somebody else sees that person that, I love that person, that's my grandpa, that's my daddy. He's great, isn't he great? No, he's not great, <laughs> you know? And then so, so once you're able to put yourself in a, in a neutral state, because you're, you, sometimes you get riled up. Look at that jerk, ah! So it's hard when you're, nah, because you got the ego up and, I don't want to acknowledge that when you're in the middle of crap. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so use the, the spiritual first aid stuff, balance yourself and say, okay, I'm relaxed now. Now let me take a look at that jerk. Yeah. He's a jerk. I see him as a jerk. Okay. And so what would a child have had to experience? And the reason I say child is because that's where your ego is formed in childhood from ages zero to about seven that's where your identity and your personality is formed. <clears throat> so what would that child have had to experience in order to think that? And then you could take it, it's that victim perpetrator, and then you could take that and then acknowledge those statements. Can you acknowledge that you've seen people be assholes? Oh yeah, all the time. That guy right there that I was just talking about, and this person, and that person, and that person, and my cousin, and my, you know, this and this. Okay, now can you acknowledge that you've been an asshole? Oh yeah. And it's that, oh yeah, where you get that emotional release and that where you're actually acknowledging the shadow that you've been projecting. 
that you that you see that what you're projecting is actually just an opinion from your ego and so that releases all that stuff so anyways i just it's 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 simple stuff and it's also complex especially if you've never heard of stuff like this especially if you have different ideas of what psychotherapy is and what Jungian therapy is and what acknowledging them and who's this guy Armando Ferro <laughs> <laughs> Dana's doing an amazing job of of uh, marketing on on our Instagram because I look at it and I'm like is that me oh wow <laughs> so my own projections are going into it you know yes. and so and so and so it's 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 important you know to listen if something hits you good when you heard this podcast then go back and listen to it again take some notes and say oh okay that's what hit me oh okay now this is really good and so from the experience of a combat veteran with ptsd it's almost like uh, alcoholics you know you always say hi my name is mono and i'm an alcoholic you know and aa they always start that even if you had your chip for 50 years i'm an alcoholic right now because at any moment i could go back to it so the same thing with ptsd my my there's neurological pathways in my brain have been really burned in deeply such that if somebody were to pound on the door right now my first thing would be to get my gun and okay <laughs> it's just the ups guy being stupid <laughs> And so, and then so it's a matter of working that out. But, but now you have specific things to do: Feldenkrais, Temple Trap, and Simon Stump, and letting go. And then you can go in there and then do acknowledging the shadow to release that stuff. So. And and would you mind telling them where they could go? Thank you, Dana. Sure. <laughs> to, <laughs> to go find that, go to freedomfromseries.com/course. Uh, Freedomfromseries.com slash course will take you to the course where, where we show all these techniques and methods and how to do it. And, uh, um, and it shows it's, it's good for parents. I specifically was going to work on marketing for parents with children to help children because that's stuff that I was good at helping my child with, you know, with his homework and his schoolwork and doing violin and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and but it's really for the general market for anybody for anybody who's feeling pain distress and and all that stuff we have very specific exercises in there that show you how to get calm in the moment instantly the feldenkrais method is the only technique that has ever stopped a panic attack cold instantly um, before i was just letting the feelings and the emotions run through my body it takes 30 minutes to an hour now I do Feldenkrais and it's done instantly. So just learning that in itself is worthwhile, especially if you have panic attacks. So anyways, go to freedomfromseries.com slash course and you'll get access to the course there. Uh, make sure that you sign up with a podcast. If you heard this for the first time, make sure you join us at the Freedom From Series uh, Facebook group. We've got an open uh, public page and that's for anybody to come and find out information. We're building it now. And we also have a Freedom From Series private group. Once you sign up through the course, you'll get access to the private group. The private group, what I'm gonna start doing there is hot seats. People will, will go live and we'll have somebody come on and they'll have a question and then I'll take them through the process and then we'll leave recordings of that video because I just learned how to do the Zoom live within 
the the group as well. So, and we're working on building that stuff. We're working on marketing it. So we're going to have more and more people come in. We've got probably like 10, 15 people in the course that are taking the course now. And those are friends and family. It's my cousin, Bob is there. <laughs> my aunt Charlie is there, you know, <laughs> but as it starts growing, it'll be a, a bigger community and people will have uh, better questions that will serve the community. So if you have questions, please email us at Mondo, M-A-N-D-O at freedomfromseries.com or Dana, D-A-N-A at freedomfromseries.com. Thank you guys. Bye now. Bye now.